you're still with me. That's good. Hello and welcome to a damn fine podcast, the show that has rewatched and is now currently watching Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks: The Return. I'm Tom with Merritt. With me is Mr. Ron Richards. How are you, Ron? Uh, my, my head is full of questions and answers. No answers, but uh, excitement. <laughs> I'm doing yeah, well. My brain has been turned into a small gold ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know how you feel. Uh, thankfully, to to help us work through the intricacies of part five, uh, coming back to the show is Mallory O'Mara. Welcome back. Hey, I'm so glad to be back. I love this podcast so much, and you guys are great. I and I have so many thoughts about oh this my episode. gosh, both, yeah. the, both the new both the new season and this episode in particular. Well, it, it was well, funny because as as we're doing as we're doing the new season and we're doing new episodes, we're like, all right, well, we, you know, there's some, you know, all of our guests have been awesome and amazing, and if we, I want to hear from everyone if we can. But we had so many people saying, oh, bring back Mallory, bring back Mallory, and so we had so oh, that this, this warms early, my heart. This early on, I was and I was dying to know. I mean, I, I know some of your thoughts from. Twitter and stuff like that, but I've been dying to hear how you're processing all this as well, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah. So, so yes. before we dive into part five, how are you feeling about parts one through four so far, Mallory? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it was a big secret that I, I mean, I tried to temper expectations for a little bit, and I just realized there's no way. We, I sat down for that first episode. You know, I, I watched it with my friend uh, Bria Grant, and we, you know, she had made a cherry pie. We had donuts, coffee, we were ready. And I just realized that there was no possible way that I could not have the highest hopes. And I just kind of ran with it. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But it really is not, I I, I tried to, to not expect too much. It's definitely blown my expectations away, but it is different. <laughs> I, but it, it, Understandably so. I'm glad that it's different. And I'm glad that it's not that I thought that Lynch was going to give us like, oh, all right, here we go. We're back in, in Twin Peaks and everything's exactly like we thought it was going to be. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sort of stunned by the scope of it. And I, I think we even see more of that in this episode now that we're not only out of Twin Peaks and out of the West Coast, but we're out of the country. <laughs> yeah, right. In Argentina. Definitely. And uh, I, it, it, I love it. It's it's funny because you know since okay so it's been it's been what now what three weeks since it, since the return started right since we had you know yeah. that that fateful night of the first four parts and, you know and then we had this drought of two weeks where we couldn't where we had to wait for new stuff I know we got like almost twenty five percent into a new season and then, <laughs> and, then you have to wait. and now yeah. even after tonight I'm like oh the progress has suddenly become so slow <laughs> oh well especially with this particular episode and yeah I. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really bummed out that I missed being on the books episode because one of the things that I've been frantically trying to tell people who are going to embark on this new season is read The Secret History of Twin Peaks by Mark Frost. Yes. Because I think it is so helpful in this and I think it helps people, helps ground people in the idea that, uh, you know, the first two seasons were very, I mean, with uh, One-Eyed Jacks notwithstanding, it's really insular. It's all about the town own of Twin Peaks and Secret Secret History sort of breaks that open and shows that this, this is not just about the town it's about the land that it's on it's something that's much, that's connected to the world at large and I think the great thing about the return is it sort of flips the people around and we see how the, the events of Twin Peaks have sort of reverberated throughout the world and uh you know Sometimes it's hard to be patient because I know that that's going to, it's you know, with New York, Argentina, Pennsylvania, Buckhorn, Twin Peaks, it's a lot of locations, a lot of things happening. But this episode, because I was like on pins and needles the entire time. 
Yeah, it's, it's 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 funny because it's that it's that expanded scope with this new season oh. that is really throw. I mean, it's funny because you know it's we we've dealt with we came to terms with the fact that it's not just like what we've known, right? It's it, this is nothing like the original TV series. It's nothing like Firewalk with me. This is something different and something you know in my mind really interesting, right? And and this is you know. I mean, however many years into David Lynch's career, you know, this is, you know, this is, he's a much different kind of filmmaker now, a storyteller. I think this is coming out. But um, with this particular part, with part five, we started, I felt as if I started to see little hints of the David Lynch that I fell in love with back when I was a teenager. Mm. Oh, definitely. There was one particular, when the guy is enjoying his green tea latte. Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden I was like, and you know what? And I keep, you know, it's hard to for people to remember that a it's been almost 30 years and b you know filmmakers evolve david lynch yeah. has been doing a lot of other things you know we knew we weren't going to get the lynch from 1990 I, I like a lot of a lot of the things that i see in this episode but i feel like the first few minutes of this episode it, it almost didn't feel like a david lynch thing and then i stopped myself and i was like all right mallory but what does that mean to you maybe this does feel like maybe this is what david lynch is now yeah. You know, I, I, also, gonna, I, I, you know, I'm a bishop in the in the church of you know David Lynch, so <laughs> I'm a little biased when it comes to this stuff because I just trust him completely. Allow me to to possibly torture a metaphor here, but Uh-oh. it it feels uh, feels to me like going to a restaurant that you love and you have some favorites that you order every time, and then finding that most of your favorites aren't on the menu. And being told to just trust that, hey, it's the same chef, but he's picked up some new tricks. And so every once in a while, you're getting an appetizer or or a fla- or a side dish where you're like, oh yeah, no, that's that's what I used to come here for. But you're yes. also getting brand new meals where you're like, okay, it's not what I expected, but I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes we get weird moments, like a lot of the stuff with you know where Dougie's car is and all the things that are going on with that. And I'm just like, the only part of that whole saga that really reminds me anything of the Lynchian universe is the girl, I'm assuming her son, or yeah. maybe small little brother across the street. That's yeah. really the only part. But sometimes I see scenes like that and I'm like, this doesn't look like what is going on here, <laughs> but well, I'm trusting I, him. I'm trusting him. Before we before we get into talking uh, about the rest of part five in detail, like, the one last thing I want to note is I really did feel today, and and this is the first time because we got all four parts at once that this is maybe not a show that's going to be best consumed week to week uh, because. I yeah. watched episode I watched part four again, and it was really nice to go from part four right into part five. But as soon as part five was done, I, I I didn't feel like I got a complete episode. I would you know, I'm like, wait, we were supposed to find out where she drinks, and we well, never well, found that out. Well, oh, well, that's well, killing me. Yeah, that is that's, my one big complaint right now, <laughs> but that but that's the thing. yeah, no, talk about leaving us all hanging, you know, with this cliffhanger that we think is going to happen, but it's not. But it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning of um, you know when when this launched is that this is not episodic television. This Again, I go back and keep harping yeah. on this. This is an 18-hour movie that we're spreading out over 18 weeks or, or 16 weeks. And if anything was built for the Netflix model of just give us it all, all of it at once, right. well, it but might have funny, been this. But it's funny, though, Tom, because I mean, we recently, on your, on your other show, on Court Killers, had the same conversation about binge-watching yeah. versus not. I, I encourage the week. I like it. <laughs> but, but I we did, haven't but, slept in three weeks. Yeah, but I, but I did not, I did not uh, watch part four before watching this because I wanted to see, okay, 
where we, mm. how much do I take and where are we at? And also, then I was also thinking about where we are in the timeline of the show, um, uh, you know, of the five hours or so. And we're at about like two or three days or maybe like three or four days since it started, really. Um, and, uh, you know, part of it is remembering who's who and what's going on. But then, with, yeah, but, but within five minutes, I found myself just lost in it and things kind of clicking and realizing what's going on and and the slower pace I'm enjoying. I'm just enjoying, you know, for an hour, I'm going into this world and I'm turning my phone off. I'm turning everything off and I'm, I'm checking in to Twin Peaks, right? And I don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. And I hope I can remember because the thing is also is that I was kind of lamenting the fact that we're recording this immediately after watching part five because I almost want to do this podcast in years from now, Tom, so we can analyze every, yeah. you know. You know like, oh, this so much. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it's going to be fun down the road. But the initial kind of stuff is just, you know, I'm like, I'm enjoying the breathing and I'm enjoying trying to pee. And the thing is, I'm not going to figure any of this out and I'm not trying now. Yeah, I, I almost wish they would kind of go like do half and half, like release two episodes a week because, yeah, I, I do think it's nice to have it week to week. And I did the same thing you did, Ron. I did not rewatch any four, three or four today. I just wanted to go into it with five. But I there's so much going on even though I like having a whole week to think about it and to digest it doesn't feel like it Tommy you're right I don't think it feels like a complete episode because so many things are going on that besides the the coop story we're only really getting the tiniest chunks from the other storylines so sometimes I'll sometimes a scene will pop up and I'll go oh yeah that's happening I completely forgot that existed because there's just it's just so huge yeah and we're starting to see that those are going to still progress right like we started to get some uh, character depth with Chad. He's got a dark side. We saw what yeah. the golden shovels were for. Yeah, from finally, Dr. We did get an oh my god! Yeah, That's totally a... not what I expected either. <laughs> I th- I really expected a very sinister uh, uh, purpose with the shovels. I <laughs> know we're all like he's digging to Al Cave, and then <laughs> yeah. oh, nope, he's just doing a live stream on Twitch or YouTube or something. <laughs> but but again, but that, I think that's a great example. Well, I mean, I was surprised to see us get a mystery solved, and whether or not that's misdirection or just yeah. or, or or the idea, we, we I feel as if you know we've been we've been you know trained to believe that everything has meaning and everything has value. But when you think about it, when you go back to the original Twin Peaks, there were a lot of misdirection as well as this is just a glimpse into their world and yeah you think yeah. that matters it doesn't matter and i kind of love that and i kind of want this idea of what jacoby is doing to just continue to be this little wacky remember this crazy guy that you saw 25 years ago this is what he's doing now he's he's live streaming his anti-corporate rants and it's just like oh this God. is our invitation to love is yeah. that kind of what you're saying <laughs> yeah maybe oh man bit, but yeah um <laughs> but yeah well okay well we've been talking well so so let's dive into the part but ultimately mallory at the end of the day you're on board you're feeling good about it you're not no i i love it i am wholeheartedly into it after the first episode i turned to bria and i was like i love this i just like i i cried over the red room scene i was very emotional about it (laughs) i i'm feeling great i love all the characters i think that with the exception of these sort of and it's really in the other places you know new york um uh, some of the stuff in Buckhorn just doesn't feel Lynchian, but again, I, I trust him. I trust David Lynch wholeheartedly. I am in in this for the win. I'm so excited about it. I love it. 
All right. Well, well, we well we got not just one, but several. Uh, I feel as if several mysteries were solved tonight, or at least question marks. Um, so yeah, I, but I, we. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, but, but I feel like with every answer we're gonna get, we're gonna have nine more questions. So uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so, he's doing his job. That's <laughs> so, that's the way it should be right so, now. So, so, so Tom, what did you think? Of, what did you think of the, of the, the part five right here? Well, I'm gonna start negative because there is a lot of positive in this episode for me. Uh, and then and the negative is, and Mallory, you kind of touched on this. I'm tired of Dougie by now. Like, I fuck Dougie, okay? Yeah. Man. I'm just, nope. like, I, I forgot. Can I swear? Sure. I can't remember if I can swear or not. You oh, God, just yeah. did. Fuck Dougie. It's, yeah. Fuck Dougie. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll start making t-shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 a shtick, and it is very lynchy shtick, and it's very lynchy to have it play out for way longer than you're comfortable oh, with, God. and I get that. But I, you know, I don't know if it's just that I'm so longing to see Cooper back, uh, or whether it's just that Dougie is so frustrating because he doesn't do anything, or both. Well, and the fact that everybody has to say the name Dougie whenever they address yes. him, so it's just like it. getting hit by a battering ram of Dougie. And well, it's he, just so he, annoying. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing is that, and and I, um, I was telling Tom about this before we started recording, is that at one point, so my girlfriend is not watching the show. Like, she's not a Twin Peaks fan, whatever, but it's hard to... My boyfriend's the same way. Yeah, so, but it's hard to avoid me watching it, and it's on, or whatever. And so she was just puttering around the apartment, and when in the middle of one of the Dougie scenes, she just turned and looked at me. She's like, how long is this going to go on for? And, <laughs> oh, and, God. And that, Bless her. And that was the moment where I said, you know, I love it. I absolutely love it. Sign me yeah. up. Because the thing is, is that it's almost, um, it's, oh, what is, it's now I'm blanking, but what is that, um, what is that movie from the 70s of Peter Sellers about the dumb guy who just goes through life? Is it Peter oh. Sellers? You know what I mean? Um, I actually know what you're talking about. I can't remember the, the unbearable lightness of being. No, no, it's oh, not God. The <laughs> but um, oh, <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't being know. there. I'm so stupid. Being there. Being there. Thank it, you. It, it has. And that's very, why that popped into my head. Yeah, it ha- it has a very being there quality to it, where he's just being knocked around yeah, like a true. pinball. Where like he, like how he's able to like when she dropped him off at work, I'm like, how is he going to get to his job? But no, oh, he bumps into the guy with the coffee and he tells him to get to the meeting and he just follows along. And, and it's, it's so like, unbelievable. Like, it's, right. Yeah. But, that's but the, the, it's so ridiculous it's, it's so ridiculous and at some point someone entirely mute except for repeating words you might think hey time to call somebody yeah we should get this guy checked out um, but but, but I, there's, I, there's, there's something about dougie that i mean because the thing is we all know that it's 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 affected we know that's cooper it's not dougie and and, and it's again it's this kind of it, it's similar it reminds me back in, in the in twin peaks season two when we knew that leland was bob right yeah. And, and so we know that eventually Cooper is going to become Cooper again. And now it's about how does that happen? And maybe it's the coffee. Maybe, maybe that's it's, why it's the one the thing he can actually. coffee part is really adorable. Yeah. No, it's, and, and it's the one time you see him do something on his own, right? Is, is and I, I love that coffee. it was very, very adorable little nod that he was drinking out of the Frank cup for yeah. Frank yeah. Silva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that, well, so, so, yeah, well, Frank Silva, we're going to get to that in a second. But um, a couple of things, though, is that the connection to coffee he goes to work. Dougie goes to work and sits in on a meeting. And Tom Sizemore playing uh, the, the jerk uh, insurance agent, who's and and he just says he's lying. And that right. was that moment, cool I scared a bunch of pigeons that were in my <laughs> on, the, on my windowsill because I screamed. 
named Cooper. Right, because that's yeah. I was like, maybe he's back. Yeah, no. And then and then when when his boss is yelling at him and says that Tom Sizemore is one of his best agents, and he goes agent, agent, right? So it's like I feel like it's there, and we're just we're you know it's I I don't know how it's going to get there or how his cup is going to get filled back up, but I'm getting enough hints for me to go his cup. That's what it is, Ron. He just (laughs) needs more coffee. If he He gets a critical mass of coffee, he will come back. (laughs) Coffee. Because because the lying and the agent came after he was drinking coffee. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, well, first off, I'd like to point out, I think it's interesting that Dougie also takes his, if you were paying attention in the other episode, Dougie takes his coffee black, just like Coop does. Yes. So he's definitely been drinking black coffee. Uh, but he's been in the he's been in the Black Lodge for almost thirty years. Like, who knows what that did to his brain? And if you remember in the part in the uh, in the original season when they were shooting, when he was in the Red Room, and it was you know the twenty five years later, Coop doesn't actually really say much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, maybe, so he, maybe, we, we don't know how long he's been like this. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, there, there, we've seen a lot of speculation in uh, in our patron Slack. There's been a, a lot of speculation, by the way, which is you know, for those of you who are listening to the show and not supporting patrons, you're missing out on the oh my gosh, damn fine. Aaron Slack. B. Yeah. Aaron B. Alone is doing the Lord's work exactly. in following all the threads <laughs> that could happen. But there's so, there's so much speculation about what the Black Lodge did to Cooper and what he you know like w- whether he should be part. But I still think don't discount the fact that whatever that gold ball that we saw in in part four Mm -hmm. is a part of cooper's being i think that is that is you know not like somehow you know mr c or or badass cooper uh evil cooper was able to extract the good part of cooper and you and make dougie with him or something i don't know we don't know that's one of the open question marks but i i I just i seeing these little echoes of um cooper in real cooper is is it's given me enough to be excited but there was one. Oh, i think he's coming back yeah he's got it well yeah it's called the return i think this he's the return well and i i mean like in this episode in particular you know we see it's very you know he drinks the coffee he's the the the, the, he's lying moment i think was huge 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 him him looking at the guy holding the gun it's very obviously a symbol of justice and everything that is cooper i think he's coming like this is the first episode where we actually saw some coop yeah um and also we got a uh, our first mention in in the in took five parts to get to our titular uh line where it was damn good joe I know that was sweet. I'm excited. I mean, but I, I really I, Joe. It was, it was <laughs> like I said earlier, that moment where the guy drinks his green tea latte and he's all grumpy and then he really, really likes it. Like that was a that that to me was like a very quintessential cute. Twin Peaks moment. There was there was also a couple when when Dougie gets off the elevator and the shot is behind Kyle McLaughlin and he like stands and he turns to those people who are drinking coffee there and just stares at him. Then the other person comes back and takes him through the lobby. That was a very long shot where we don't see Kyle McLaughlin's face. Like mm-hmm. it was just his back, and I was just like, and that's where I was like, oh, that's David Lynch. Thank you. That yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about what's happening with Mr. C, because I think one of the best scenes yeah. in this episode was the the scene at the very beginning of the episode where Mr. C oh, predicts yeah. that the food is coming. Yep. And I'm like, that's an Agent Cooper move right yep. there to yep. just like be able to know like this is what's going to happen. And then that mirror scene. Where oh, you're I just, loved that. And that, oh, that, yeah. answered, that answered the big question is what were they going to yeah. do with the absence of Frank Silva who passed away and can't be Bob? Um, we got mm-hmm. that. We got that answer big time. We got a, a, a flashback to the original Bob and the doppelganger laughing on, on you know, forward reverse forward reverse and then that weird face morph thing in the mirror when he when when mr c asks if bob is still there 
Um, oh, David Lynch me. must be just like kissing new VFX and CGI technology. Yeah. Like he's done. There's so much of it in the new season. And I can't tell if that just because he discovered it and is in love with it or it was, you know, it was so bad in the 90s. Uh, it was just so much more salient. He didn't use it as much, but there's well, th- so I, much CGI. I, I think it becomes, I think somebody must have sat him down. I was like, listen, you, if you want, you know, like, or maybe who knows? I mean, I'm completely speculating, but it's got to be the kind of thing like now, it's the George Lucas syndrome. Now you can do the things you wanted to do. Yes, you know? true. And well, I think, honestly, one of the, th- I'm really, really impressed with this episode in particular that they've, I mean, obviously there's a lot of holes in the cast yeah. uh, from the original seasons. And I think he's done a really masterful job at, um, moving around them and and do, working with you know like the the phone call with harry who's obviously very sick the face more with uh that was just like just enough of frank silva for you to know who he was uh, i think it's great i think he's been doing a really good job with all of this yeah and that line you're still with me with That's me good oh yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, don't even, you, almost don't, you don't even need you know, they didn't have to do something with Michael Onkeen's face or anything. Just having him talk over the phone yep. with Harry about his illness, it kind of gives you it gives you a connection to Harry with without him being there. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that that was it's it's the kind of thing where I kind of wish that either they just that that kind of frustrated me. So when when Frank Truman's on the phone talk, supposedly talking to Harry like that, unless this is leading up to us seeing Michael Onkeen as Harry and that's a big surprise and a swerve, I'm going to be slightly annoyed because it's the talking to somebody on the phone or in the distance pretending like they're still around when they're not. You know, and it, uh, or he's I, he's gonna die in the hospital, and we're yeah, just gonna see a wax like, dummy. Yeah, where it's happening completely off screen, where it would have been a little better if they just had a picture on his wall with an RIP or so. You know what I mean, or something like that. Yeah. You know, where like I just feel like they're by by having that phone call happen, it's calling attention to the fact that he's gone. Well, okay, pause on your frustration there because I think because one of the one of the great cogs and one of the most powerful mechanisms of the original two seasons was the relationship between Harry and Coop. Yes. I mean, they just held the whole show together. And I think it's very interesting that we are simultaneously right now very frustrated about the absence of Coop and because of these phone calls, very frustrated at the absence of Harry. And they're mm-hmm. both sort of in this limbo and kind of sort of, I mean, Coop isn't off screen, but mentally he is. And Harry yeah. is literally off screen. So we're sort of in this new place in Twin Peaks and both of these really important pillars of the story and pillars of the show are down for the count. Right. Yeah, and it's way more frustrated. frustrating for me to have Kyle McLaughlin in front of me with Coop's hairstyle not being Coop than having Truman off screen. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Well, and because of that, I think it's a very interesting um, dynamic between those two things because, you know, Harry is technically physically in this world okay in, in me- or uh, mentally in this world, but physically he's not doing well and Coop's the right. other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and, and just to... to to wrap up Mr. C, we, we come back to him at the end where they give him his one phone call and he, he uses it to set off the alarms in the prison. And I'm expecting him to walk out or something. Yeah. And what he the just hell? Sits there. Yeah. That was that was real. What I, I what I loved was not only I mean, so he he makes his phone call and the whole prison goes crazy and all this sort of stuff, and then he just says into the phone, "The cow jumped over the moon." But what I loved was the Mister Strawberry. <laughs> yeah, Mister Strawberry. That was weird. And why was that freaking out the warden? Which is a, a, one thing. But then what I loved was uh, Mister C uh, doing the fast dialing on the phone. Like, was he yeah. hitting numbers in a purposeful sequence, or was he? I mean, I don't know. Who knows what he was doing? But then it he it, was it, it, phone it, freaking. 
it rem- I guess. yeah yeah exactly to save a blue box it reminded me though of <laughs> earlier in this in this part when the guys who were in Vegas trying to kill Dougie and they they call I guess their boss and tell him it has it hasn't been done yet and she takes out an old BlackBerry and yes. and hits buttons and that triggers whatever the box in Argentina was like so yes. was Mr C's call related to the box in Argentina. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. And for what me, did it, it shrink kind of into? Me. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, yes, that was very strange. But it me- for me, it kind of made me laugh. And I don't think this was intentional at all. But I And I th- sometimes wonder if David Lynch just doesn't know how phones work or, or like how buttons work. Because there's so many scenes in the first two seasons of Kyle MacLachlan on that like calculator thing or whatever he has. Like, oh, right. Very yeah. obviously doing a shitty <laughs> job of, di- of like fake typing and just like pressing a bunch of buttons. Yeah. And that's what it reminded me of. But I don't think it has any actual connection. I just think it's just like something about either Kyle MacLachlan or David Lynch are like not are not very good at, at scenes with with uh, phone keys. <laughs> so now um, speaking of the woman on the Blackberry, who's all frustrated, uh, the people on the ground in the car who have staked out Dougie's car seem to be fine with it. And so they take off and then we see the kids in the black car yeah. show up. And and this is another extension of the, you know, kids in the first two seasons of Twin Peaks were 50s-ish. Yep. These kids are very 70s-ish. Yes. Uh, and wow, uh, I did not, ex- I expected them to just be like, trying to trash the place or whatever. I did not expect them to try to steal the car that then blows up on them and then leaves a burnt body that will be difficult to identify, which will make the Maybe guys in the like white Dougie. car think that they got Dougie and yeah. Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. I was just more caught up in that. Yeah. I'm so glad the kid didn't get blown up. The little boy. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. little boy eating all the saltines. Yeah. Oh. I know. It's this drugged out mom. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that was uh, for a moment. I was like, so the little, the little, the, the son of the, the boy of the drugged out mom or, or whatever relationship. The boy with go, the drug yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Goes across the street and I finds a little, is trying to touch the little black thing on the bottom of Dougie's car. And I thought maybe it was a tracker or something, but turns that it was an explosive and yeah and so i i, thought, I was like you're not blowing up that kid david lynch yeah. you are not going to do that and thankfully he did Thank, thankfully he did no. not but it's but it's the whole whatever's going on with dougie in vegas is i mean it, it, real dougie like i want to know why he's who are these people he's into money for and then and, yeah david lynch is really into casinos man yeah Oh, man. He yeah. loves it. So he loves a good corrupt casino. Yeah. Well, I. Well, I, yeah. Exactly. We got to meet. We meet the casino owners, I guess, or bosses with Jim Belushi and the guy that was on. I do. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. how Jim Belushi was going to fit in. Yeah, that was that, great. It was perfect part for him. And that other guy whose name I forget. But then they they deal with the uh, casino manager who allowed uh, Dougie or Kyle or Agent Cooper to win four hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and they they beat him up, and so we get kind of you know continuing behind the scenes of the casino. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested to see how the casino connects to the to the world of this at large because it you know the whole a lot of the stuff at One Eye Jacks and Twin Peaks wasn't supernatural or really connected to the mythology but it's connected to Ben Horn and the Horn Brothers and just by proximity to Twin Peaks but Vegas is not in proximity to Twin Peaks and no none of the original cast as far as we know are connected to this casino in Vegas so I'm interested to see where the storyline goes if it isn't connected to the mythology or any of the other you know, yeah. big, uh, big arcs. And we, and we don't know at all, but you know, if you go back, if you remember, Oh, I, was it part two or you know, I think it was part two, but there was a scene in Vegas with a, with a guy, with a young guy reporting to a guy at a desk. And he says, why do you work for him? And the guys looked at him and yes. said, you know, if you, if you knew him, you wouldn't ask that question. So like, yeah, it's t- it's tied into something and we're going to find out. Um, could be yes, the billionaire behind the box in New York. Yeah. Could be the yeah. same guy. Yeah. 
Um, mm. Good point. Very good point. I want to go back to Mr. C, though. And, you know, later in the episode, uh, we we see a special agent, Tam- uh, Tammy Preston, from The Secret History. And she's mm-hmm. she's analyzing a photo of Cooper. And she's looking at a photo of Mr. Oh. C. How did she get a photo of Cooper from inside the Black Lodge? I thought the same thing. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Those are red curtains. It was a nice publicity shot that they had conveniently. But, um, but, but one thing, and I'm, and mine might be crazy. I need to go back and like, and, and pause it when watching it back on, on, on Showtime on YouTube TV. But, um, when she's looking at the fingerprints and she zooms in at the fingerprints, I saw maybe this maybe I'm now I'm going crazy, mm-hmm. but I kind of saw an image of Mr. C in the close-up fingerprint on her screen. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yes. I couldn't I tell see, what I she did, was so interested in. I yeah. couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell it. either. I was, but I was watching it on my laptop. So yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. Go back and look at it closely, I, and I'm going to look at it after this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But like, it looked like there was some. There was like an image in the fingerprint. Uh-huh. So who knows? Okay. Was it the ring finger? I think it was the ring finger. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. So maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm seeing things. Who knows? But I, I was I was trying to figure out why she was looking at that. Um, but then also, has she had a speaking part yet? Yeah, she spoke. She spoke in the first scenes with um with uh, oh, David yeah. Lynch, with G- Gordon Cole and Albert. Yeah, she spoke in. The I'm scenes. waiting for her to like get some ass kicking. Yeah, you I'm know just, that's like, I feel building like, up. Yeah. Like, I hope so. Yeah. But then, um, but then also related to uh, to Buckhorn, Montana, we we get uh, or no, where's Buckhorn? Where is it? Montana or North Dakota? South, uh, South, South, Dakota. Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. Right? It's all the same. Uh, sorry, anyone listening in South Dakota, I apologize. <laughs> um, but we we see the Pentagon and that they got a blip on. Uh, Major Garland Briggs' fingerprints. Eee, I'm very excited about that. So, oh, right. Oh, speaking of rings, yeah. so, <laughs> his yes. body, uh, oh the God. stand-up comedian who is also the coroner, yeah. uh, found like a, found Dougie's ring in what appears to be a body, I'm, I'm going to f- phrase it very carefully, a body that returned the prints of Garland Briggs Yep. because this is the 16th time in 25 years that they've gotten a hit on those prints. Yep. Yes, this whole thing is just fascinating. I am super excited about this particular plot thread because it's just like so. This is this plot thread is all the things that I loved about the secret history of Twin Peaks. So I'm watching it very, very avidly. Well, it's going to be interesting because you know we see the the Ernie Hudson in his role in, at the Pentagon in the Air Force, and he's te- he tells the you know the person reporting to him about the, the the hit on the prince, and he's you know saying you know it's not going to be anything. If this is not, real, but if this is real, we got to alert the FBI. So like I'm yep. excited to see Ernie Hudson and and David Lynch and, and Albert team. Oh my up. god, like, that yes. would be just amazing. Right? Yes, <laughs> that would be so yeah. good. So like so that was a pretty big revelation. Is that like we speculated Tom a couple episodes ago that is the headless body major briggs i think connor right or brought that up right so i think the best part of this is that i'm still not sure yeah <laughs> the fact that they said this is the 16th hit in 25 years i'm like okay so are they making clones of him or are they like faking his fingerprints like maybe i just don't know oh, this, this actually harkened back to me to the original murders of the original seasons if this mm-hmm. is the 16th time this is ha- they've gotten a hit on this. Is this the 16th time there's been some lady's head on a weird, bloated, monstrous yeah. head body? You yeah. know, with with Major Briggs's prints. Like, is this what I took that to mean? Is that if this is the 16th time this has happened, this is the 16th time this has happened exactly as it's happening now, all wow. over either world or or the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, who? So is that is that this particular is that Dougie's you know uh, newspaper under their fingernail? 
Yeah, I, when when she said, "Look what I found," I was preparing for a letter or something like that. But when the coroner yeah. it turned out to be the uh, the uh, the ring, but even then, that's still an interesting interesting uh, theory and interesting uh, clue to be left behind. So. Yeah. Also, oh. when we were talking earlier about how elegant it was to to have Harry Truman, uh, you know, in the show without being in the show, and how great it is, and how elegant they're bringing people, this would be the most macabre way to bring someone. Oh back my god, that's some fucked up shit, man. That's yeah. like really weird. Well, we, we've always we've already had his floating head in space, right? Or, right. That was almost yes. elegant, though, right? Yeah. Like that's a dream sequency kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. It was a little that whole. I mean, I loved that whole sequence. But it was, I mean, this is strange in a David Lynch movie. Strange. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Sure. Well, well, talking about talking about David Lynch movie kind of things, you know, um, it, as we move back to Twin Two, the actual Twin Peaks. Um, we so much good, so much good, and and it, I got so excited at the at the return to the diner, and like I literally uh, I literally yelped and said to my girlfriend, "I'm like Norma, right?" So, me too. I did the same thing, and I scared the pigeons again. I don't even know why the pigeons bother sitting outside my window anymore because I screamed. They're Norma. trying to watch the show, <laughs> but um, although this whole sequence, I well, first off, can we talk about Mike? Before yes. we even get to the diner. Oh right, yes, absolutely. Uh, I cannot love. Uh, we all knew that's exactly where Mike was going to end up later in life. <laughs> yep. He's just like this asshole suit guy. So <laughs> I love that, and um, and of course you know it's uh, he's the boss of Shelley's daughter's shit shitty shit boyfriend. Well, not even the boss. He, he's well, yeah. He, well, he's, he's applying for a job, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So they are actually. So it's funny because, like, now I find myself frantically running to the credits at the end. Which, by the way, damn you, David Lynch, for listing everybody in alphabetical order and not know, in order right? that they appear, right? So yes. I had to. I had to scramble and do some work uh, before we started recording. But so uh, Caleb Landry Jones is playing Shelley's daughter's, who I thought was boyfriend, but it looks like it's her husband because his character's name is Stephen Burnett. And we meet Shelley, uh, we meet Shelley's, Shelley's daughter at the diner, who's played by Amanda Seyfried, and her character's name is Rebecca quote Becky Burnett. So while she Michelle got married young too. Yes, yeah. So following in her like like we like was teased at the end of part two when they were at the when she was at the roadhouse talking about her she's worried about her daughter. Um, yeah. Oh, it is. It's uncanny. Although I will say one of the. Oh, I'll, I'll let you finish thing about Caleb, but I have a, like really interesting points to talk about Becky. Oh no, no, just just the fact that it was that that, that Mike Mike wasn't hiring. Uh, yes. Becky's husband. Yeah, and he couldn't get a job, and he looks disheveled and doesn't look. You know, like he couldn't. The resume was a horrible format, and he couldn't even fill out the form. It was just like. <laughs> it was oh at, yeah. It was, at a, lo- it was at a car dealership, right? He was a used car salesman. Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love this whole sequence because one, it's obviously very old, like it's Twin Peaks. And I, I got super excited personally because when I went up to Snoqualmie uh, for Christmas and last last Christmas, the double R was still or Tweets Cafe was still covered in R, double R to go stuff. Yep. So and I was nice. wondering what the what that looked like. And I'm excited to see that Norma has like upped, you know, as you know, upgraded the double R to be a little bit more modern with the to go stuff. And I love this whole sequence because, you know, you see, you know, it's just like a, over and over again. These women cannot escape this trap of like finding some shitty guy with a nice car young. I mean, Shelly is almost doing exactly what she Shelly, Becky's almost doing exactly what Shelly did with Leo. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a sinister bent at the end not because not just because they're doing drugs but because as she's you know she's high they you know they're they're driving as she leans back on these red velvet cushions mm-hmm. yep. 
mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it what I think it kind of takes those two parts of Twin Peaks and just merges them together. You got the small town stuff, and all of a sudden, it, it took a little bit of a sinister Twin Peaks mythology bent to me at the well, end. Yeah, well, and it, I was like, makes, Ooh. I couldn't help but to think of Laura. Like that's yeah, that's, oh the, God, that's, that's totally. the kind of situation where where so when when Becky you know d- does the line of coke and then they drive off and he puts on uh, he puts on the radio and and Tom I I I, I, I giggled with glee because it was our first instance of diegetic sound. Um, yes, yeah. right. Yeah, as as uh, as uh, Steve or Stephen puts on the radio and it plays uh, awesome. Oh, I forget what song it is. Um, but it, it, an awesome I love the, I love the way you love me. Or I love yeah, I love And the lyrics are so perfect at describing yeah. the the fact that she loves him because he excites her with his fast car and she does drugs with him. It's yeah. like the entire codependent mm-hmm. relationship is just summed up in the look on her face and right. the context yep. of the scene. It's so, so well done. So yeah, so it's it's I love how you love me and it was performed by the Paris sisters and it, it is just and it's it's the shot of over the overhead shot and of her hair and the wind and the light is kind of going. You get the sense that the car is driving but we don't see the motion and it was such a great oh, David I Lynch shot it. and with the music and everything. Oh, it was that, so good. That might have been the high point of the episode, I think. It was like Oh, I know I, yeah. I, I, Hundred percent agree. That was my favorite moment. Yeah. I loved it because that's also. I it makes me happy. I mean, not for Becky. Shit's not going to go well for Becky. No, definitely not. Calling that now, yeah. uh, but it makes me happy to know that it's not. She's not doing exactly what Shelley did. There's something else going on with this girl, and it. You know, it kind of. I, I know Twin Peaks. Is, we've talked a lot, or you guys have talked a lot, and I've talked a lot with people. People I know uh, <laughs> that this is. What's interesting to see is how the you know Laura's Palmer how Laura Palmer's death has affected Twin Peaks and how you know later on now almost 30 years later Twin Peaks has sort of opened up and it's not as insular of a community anymore but the the darkness that was there and it was corrupting youth and corrupting people and, and not even just the mythological things but everything about Twin Peaks is still there and still working yep yeah and in fact we see that in in the roadhouse uh towards the end which is oh still oh my god that scene was so scary yeah you're you, you've still got Whoa. a bunch of hipsters invading this place and trouble is playing snake eyes but uh whoever that guy is who gave chad oh. the money and shows that chad who we didn't like already is on the take uh and corrupt oh man but, yeah uh, that guy i well, knew do, from the get-go do we want to know who that guy is so that guy was played by Eamon farron and uh-huh. according to the credits, his character's name is Richard Horn. Oh, that's Richard Horn. Okay, I would. That was going to be another thing I wanted to bring up. Is I saw Richard Horn in the credits, but I did not recognize the name of the actor. Yep. Same. So, wow. Oh, so who is so who is Richard Horn? Is this Audrey's son? Is this Ben? I will I will, I will shit a brick if this is Audrey's son. No woman who looks like that could ever create a man who looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's very cruel. I hope this actor is not listening to this podcast, but there's no way that's Audrey's son. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. We'll find out. I, I've got to say, I really, I mean, that scene was very disturbing. Obviously, that guy's a bad oh guy. Oh, my God. Obviously, like, Johnny's son. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly Johnny's son. Um, but, <laughs> wow. But um, That's why so messed up. Nice. nice. Wowee. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know, like, like the grabbing the girl by the neck, and being so threatened. oh like, that was, it was so just, terrifying like, it was very disturbing and like I kind of yeah. wanted I wanted it to get I wanted them to come back to the roadhouse and have some comeuppance because I was left feeling so disturbed by seeing that but happen. this is the problem with 18 parts like yeah, exactly. that's probably still going to happen yeah. but 
Just not yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard Horn. So the, uh, definitely, I mean, you got to look at the credits now. This uh-huh. is what I'm learning. Like after you finish, it's immediately to be like, all right, who is that? Oh, yeah. What is that? Who is this? Well, you know? because I don't know if you could solve this one and I couldn't solve it from the credits. Who was the guy smoking listening to uh, Dr. Jacoby? Because it was great seeing Nadine. Oh, that was, oh, that uh, was, that was that Jerry. Was Jerry. That, was Jerry that was Jerry Horn. That was Jerry? Oh, yeah. that's yes. why I didn't recognize I it. Because so I didn't recognize him when he was that. in the scene earlier in, yeah, in yeah. part one. Yeah, no, yeah. he was, he was smoking, I, I was, smoking I was the joint. I was so excited. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Smoking a joint and watching YouTube on his tablet, just as you do in Washington these days. Sure. So. Yeah. I think that whole scene, I think, was hilarious and perfect. I just think that's exactly what Dr. Jacoby would be doing, right? or yeah. excuse oh, yeah. me, Dr. Amp, with the flashlight, <laughs> with a little wing. Like, that is such a hilarious, perfect way for yeah. him to develop. It's so funny that Jerry's, you know, smoking up and watching him on his iPad. And then, like, Nadine, like, adorable grandma, she is, like, happily yeah. watching it in her living room as she sips out of her sippy cup like that whole <laughs> so, so good question though about Nadine though is that is that was she in a living room or was she at like a desk like I was looked like she was at a desk yeah. yeah it looked like she was like at a job oh I don't or know something. yeah I don't know it was yeah well I couldn't was, tell if it was a job or if she was just at her home like you know like people like my parents for a long time had a computer at a desk yeah that was the yeah. computer area like I felt like that's kind my of my grampy still has one of those so I'm wondering yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. what she's doing yeah, although she, and I, I noted that she's still wearing a wedding ring yeah. So I'm, Good eye. I'm yeah. concerned because one of the only things I care about in life is Big Ed and Norma, and I'm yeah. really concerned. Maybe about she married that. Mike. You know, he's got a good job at the car he's, dealership. He's gonna come oh, home. Oh, maybe. <laughs> he's like, you won't believe this kid who applied for a job today. It's <laughs> and she can't wait to tell him all about Doctor Amp's new uh, new sweet podcast. Yeah, yeah, and his uh, twenty nine ninety nine golden shovels. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so. That was like one of those moments that was just like. First off, it's so weird to see Dr. Jacoby say the word fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's context. just a, that's a, sometimes I forget that because we're so used to cable TV Twin Peaks yep. that I'm still getting used to, you know, Showtime Twin Peaks, where right. like when it's like anybody swears, I'm just like, oh, goodness. Like, it's like, right. really like when, the, when the kids are doing coke, I'm like, OK, firewalk with me. I've seen yeah. that. I've seen the kids do coke. Yeah. That was weird when I saw it in firewalk with me and I'm used to it. But yeah, you don't see these. You've never seen these other characters talk like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, but the but shit, the, the the shit the, digging gold shovels, man. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> so hilarious yeah I mean it almost feels more real now I'm allowed I'm glad that there's no language restriction with you know channel 7 or ABC or anything like that with network TV Um, Mm -hmm. but so I pulled it up I've got it in front of me Nadine is sitting at a desk and what appears there appears to be books of fabric swatches like okay uh, uh, on her desk it's clearly an office she's got like an office phone and she's got a couple of like catalog kind of book holders kind of things and clipboards and stuff like that so it's clearly she's at a job Maybe this is she, her uh, her drapery runner business I was just gonna say and she's got two sets oh of God. two sets of different drapes around her desk I wonder if she has Boom. a drapery business Bam! Wow. Well, there there goes my dreams of Nadine becoming a bodybuilder after the events of Twin yeah. Peaks. <laughs> that's really what I've always wanted. Yeah. But I, you know, that's hilarious if yeah. she ended up opening a drape company. That's amazing. So then, so then, um, the the other two moments in Twin Peaks that I loved, we talked a little bit about Fra- uh, Frank Truman, but you know, I didn't love his phone call with Harry, but I did love his argument with his wife. Um, oh my god! Where he just so he, hilarious. He is just like like I I was a little skeptical of Robert Forster as Frank Truman because I. I I'm such a big Harry Onkeen fan, such a big Harry fan, but the way he just stood there stoically while she yelled at him and just responded calmly. Oh my God, the, calmly the stares. Like, yep. That, no, I'm the same way. That Those like blank face stares that he gave her completely yep. sold me on his acting in this case. Yep. 
Yeah, and, and not it just was angry so stares. Not just angry stares, like you say, yeah. blank. Nope, just like, yeah. yep, just completely blank. Just like, just waiting for her to leave. He knows the mm-hmm. deal. He'll just wait her out. And of course, like he's taking this call. I think it's very interesting that he took the call in Hawk's office. Yes, well, because he's hiding clearly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe he because when Lucy finds him, he kind of sighs like, ah, oh, crap. Well, she, and Lucy's you know. Lucy's exasperated at her too, which yeah. is funny. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Clearly, they all know the deal with Doris. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I like that Lucy just narrating like she went to your office, but you're in Hawk's office, and now she's on her way there, and it's just like <laughs> I could have told her that. Oh, it's so it's so cute. Um, but you, you. Oh, and then we get speaking of Hawk, we get the moment of of Hawk and Andy. Yep, going through the case files, trying to figure out yeah. what's missing, and, and Andy asking if Hawk has found any Indians. <laughs> he hasn't. Oh, my God. Yeah. He hasn't. Oh, it's so well, it has funny. to do with that's Hawk's heritage. I, I guess that's what Andy's getting at. I love that all I love all the interactions with them because you're so you're so waiting for Hawk to say something mean to Andy, but he just never does. No, <laughs> he just he knows, never ever does. He knows Andy doesn't mean anything that he's he's like he know he's known Andy long enough to be like, it's not gonna help if I say anything. Right. Like, yeah, it's just just gonna, yeah. Yeah. Just gotta let it go. I love that. He's just like, nope. I'm about like it's just no. perfect. <laughs> so all, have we figured out if 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 he's if Andy's wearing a belly piece or not? No. <laughs> oh, I hadn't. We I know if that belly that is real. Yeah, whether it, whether it's did he, uh, did he uh, did he eat for the role or did they use prosthetics? <laughs> I guess we could probably find uh, pictures of Harry Goaz to see like now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> but um yeah, no, he's I th- I, th- I think I feel like it looks fake. Doesn't it look fake? It just looks really fake. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of donut boxes there. Yeah, it's true. A lot, a lot of donuts. But um, all right. Well, so is there any other no- any other things that we noticed from this episode or? Well, uh, I'm still hung up on the fact that we don't because I, I and I, I told you this run through email, but I am so 5000 percent on the boat with the person that they are going to find that that Albert and Gordon are going to find is Diane. And the entire. Yep higher episode i was waiting for that and i think that that and i completely i'm guessing i don't have any anything to to um substantiate this i think diane is laura dern that's i was just gonna say that the the, the prevailing wisdom and the prevailing prediction appears to be that laura dern will be diane and that's who they that's who they're going after to find you know who uh, albert says i know where she drinks so, um, so I'm I'm trying to actually avoid reading more about it because I was I was distracted sort of distracted this episode because I was just like every scene I was waiting yeah. for Laura Dern. Well, that, that's the, well, that's and that, the, I think the, that's, that's the lesson of this is that we can't have these expectations. Right. Yeah. No. I, I totally because they say I lesson. know where she I know where she drinks and they show the roadhouse. Yep. So yep. when they went to the roadhouse this time, I'm like, aha, here it comes. I'm like, oh no, that's not what we're getting. Yep. Yes. Uh, but but it's I mean it's it's definitely gonna we're gonna need to I think that the the story of part five is that we're gonna need to take a deep breath and Tom I'm looking at you and we need mm. to just go with the flow and lower our expectations and just see what comes right? only 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 about Dougie am I getting hung up everything else is fine every I, I when I say like I think it would be better binged I I think. I think it will be better bitched. I, I hold with that. At the same time, it's not impeding my enjoyment of right. it that I have to wait from one week to the other. I'm just really kind of waiting for Dougie to Dougie to fall yes. away, Cooper to arrive. Well, I think this was the first. I, I, I'm standing by. I think this is the first episode where we got to see even just a glimmer of Cooper. And I'm also 
I'm very interested to see where because there's also a separate thing with uh, with Dougie where we don't know who Dougie and, and Janie owe you know yeah. fifty grand to. Right. And who and what if whether or not they're maybe it's those people that are watching him. Maybe not. We don't know. Something's coming to a head with the Dougie storyline soon. And I'm I'm wondering if whether or not Cooper is going to be himself before it uh, it comes before it to, comes to head. a head. Yeah. 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 I think that's good. That's a good call. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to we're going to trundle on down to the roadhouse and well, take an email. Uh, hang on. Hang on, Tom. Hang on. Before we oh. go to the roadhouse, we should we should check in with Diane. Right? I know we haven't oh. done this with the new part, but um, one thing I noticed, which I hit my I hit my forehead like a like an idiot. Um, so we're seeing lots of Dougie's car is parked at a housing development called Rancho Rosa. Right? Yes. Yes. Right? And then we re- return to the Double R Diner. Uh huh. Ah. Especially considering as someone whose first and last name is an alliteration with the letter R, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Double R, Double R." Also, the production company. Yes. Is Rancho, Rancho Rosa right? Yes. Yes. But, but so we're, we're wondering. So Mallory, going back to earlier, what you're saying, wondering what the connection is between Vegas and Twin Peaks, Rancho Rosa, Double R Diner. Mm. Is that? I mean, I might be stretching. I might be reaching. But billionaire, interesting. Former food critic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, no! If fucking Norma's mother comes back, I'm gonna fucking be pissed. I hope Norma's mother gets hit by a bus. Yeah. I just rewatched that episode the other day. She makes me want to fucking shoot fire out of my eyes. I hate her. She better not be coming back. It's good. No, you want you want an evil billionaire then? That's yeah. perfect. But um, oh and then, no, she sucks so bad. Then the, my my last observation was that this is the first part that does not end on the band in the roadhouse, which I was kind of bummed. Yeah. Right. I really like that moment. But I did like. The I moment do. Of, I love that moment. I did like the moment of AJ Cooper just standing at the statue at sundown and with the music playing there. But Tom, you mentioned it earlier. The band at the roadhouse is the band um, Trouble, which is fronted by Riley Lynch, who is the son of David Lynch. I was wondering that. Yep. I saw that, I, and I was I wasn't sure if that was uh, a Lynch child. And then my last one, which I think is the biggest one, um, which I'm sorry, uh, I know we were, we were running long, but I want to get to this. Uh, this episode had a in memory of Mar Marv Rosend, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually the actor who played uh, in this episode Toad. Who, when uh, Norma says Toad, the bread's here, and he comes out from the, the he comes out from, the, from come, comes out from the uh, kitchen. Uh, he was he just played quote unquote chef in Twin Peaks: The Missing Pieces. So he was originally Aww. shot as a chef in, in the Double R Diner, and they give him. I don't know if this is supposed to be Toad from the, the show because remember Toad was the big biker guy, right? And if he became a chef at the Double R, who knows? But um, apparently, Marv Rosend uh, died in 2015, uh, about a week after filming this. And his, oh, fa- wow. his family actually didn't know he was filming Twin Peaks. He told them, I have to go shoot something. I can't tell you what it is. And then he passed That's away. That's amazing. Yeah, they, they found out it was Twin Peaks after he passed away. Like, and, so he, and he died within two weeks of uh, The Log Lady, of Margaret Colson. So, uh, yeah, so that, there's our, you know, we, we saw the first few parts had, you know, in memory of, you know, with, with Don Davis and Frank Silva. Um, and now here we get it. We got another. Unfortunately, we, we lost another family of the member of the, the Twin Peaks family of Marv Rosen. But uh, it was good to see him coming out of the kitchen. So there you go. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yep. So. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's an actor. He was in. He's got four credits. He was in. He was in. Um, a movie called Sweet Revenge in 1976, where he played a policeman, and like, and then nothing until 2012, where he was uh, in wow. a called The Return, which ironically was called The Return. 
Um, and Weird. Then, and then in 2014, he was the cook in The Missing Pieces, and now he's Toad in uh, Twin Peaks The Return. So Interesting. Yeah. So clearly one of David Lynch's folks. Anyway, all right. That's all I got, Tom. So. All right. Yeah, no, I had no idea you had so many notes. Those are great. I'm uh, trying. That, I'm trying to bring back the essence of Damn Fine Podcast here. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. All right. Uh, from the Roadhouse. And, and first of all, I want to say thanks to everybody who's writing in. We're getting way more emails now. Uh, and if we don't read your email on the show, it doesn't mean we didn't read it or appreciate it. We, we love getting them uh, and the posts on the Patreon and the folks in the Slack. But we're going to talk about what Rick wrote this time. He said, I loved episodes three and four. I agree. We are 20 minutes into a two hour movie. If you talked about opening scene the repeat of the laura palmer telling cooper i will see you in 25 years cooper is wearing his fbi pin the black and white scene with the giant cooper is not wearing his pin scenes in the purple landscape in part three cooper with the fbi pin cooper coming out of the electrical outlet and through what we have seen so far no pin so, Dougie Jones is not Agent Cooper from the original television show. Hashtag not my Cooper, says Rick. Wow. Huh. Okay, well, I think we all agree that Dougie Jones is not Agent Cooper, right? Like, well, Dougie, the Dougie that, that, we, that was originally there, that no, became the gold No, but I think what Rick ball. is saying is no. that, that the, the Cooper that came through the electrical outlet is not the original one. But he has the key to the hotel room. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. He's the key to the. Oh, we movie. and we didn't we didn't mention that bit yeah, the yeah. the key getting mailed back. Right. Yeah. I think oh that, my gosh. That, that's gonna that's gonna show up on somebody's radar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm kind of curious if the mail will do that. I mean, back in the day, you could drop something in the mailbox with a "Please return to this address" and it would go there. Now, will that happen or just get thrown out? No, I well, think it uh, still works. Yeah. So, well, hmm. Two things. First off, we have to figure out. Exactly Exactly when the scene with the giant happened in the timeline. We don't know when when that right. happened. And two, not not to be nitpicky or anything, but he didn't come through with the shoes. So well, that's kind of where I'm going is maybe the scene with the giant happens after he has come yeah. through the electrical outlet then. Yeah, because yeah, we don't know when that happens. Yeah. Because if he loses the pin in the transfer, right? Yeah. yeah. Who Just knows? saying. Good, good what we have to do is... Uh, we have to look. So he, Rick, can you watch the scene with the, the eyeless lady and see if he's got the pin there? That's what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's a lot of work analyzing these episodes. <laughs> yeah, no oh, kidding. Man. You know, and I think when he, says, you people. <laughs> when he says scenes in the purple landscape, I think he might be re- talking about that oh, with, the, oh, okay. with the lady. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, hmm. the purple landscape. Yeah, that's what, what people are calling the purple room. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. Time will tell. But yeah, keep the emails coming in, please. It's been, it's honestly, or, it's been, it's, or I mean, it's a continuity error. That's yeah, it's probably, it's probably continuity <laughs> I know. Error. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Some, some poor set dress, so not set dresser, um, some poor costumer lady is just like crying right now. Like, <laughs> oh crap, the giant seed. I forgot the FBI. She, but she just found it in her pocket. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, like you, like you were saying, Ron, keep, keep the comments coming. So much. It's been, it's been overwhelming. And seriously, the patron, the, the patron slack is just out of control and so you definitely want to get on on that too that's a lot of fun damnfinepodcast.com feedback at damnfinepodcast.com of course patreon.com slash damnfinepodcast you can follow us on twitter at damnfinecast on facebook at facebook.com slash damnfinecast Mallory O'Mara thanks so much for joining us again this was fun thank you guys for having me back I'm very disappointed that I'm not back for the 
I'm, which I'm still hoping is going to be the Diane episode, but I'm glad that I was back for this one. You guys rock. This is such a great podcast. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you about this. Even if we weren't recording a podcast, I would want to talk to I you know. guys it's, about it's, this. It's nice that we can share. Yeah. We can let everyone listen to our gushing fans theories and speculation conversations. But yeah, but but actually, Mallory, you get, you have some news since we last talked, right? You're joining the Legion of Podcasters, right? I am. Thank, thank, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me plug it. Me and actually the uh, aforementioned Bria Grant, who is the, is the reason I know Ron, uh, is a good friend of mine. And her and I have created a podcast that is on Maximum Fun, and it is called Reading Glasses. And it is a re- weekly half-hour-long book podcast where we don't talk about books themselves. We don't review books. Don't, don't worry. It's not another anno- annoying podcast where if you don't, haven't read the book, you can't listen <laughs> to the episodes. We're talking about reading itself. So we're solving your reader problems. We're talking about things like, you know, you know, uh, what's what's the best book book light to use? What's the best e-reader to use? How, what's the best position to read in? How do you find new books? How do you how do you how do you get the most out of your library? It's all about book culture and reader lives and improving the way that you read and helping you read better. And and it's launching June 8th. So subscribe and listen to me talk about books if you like books. Awesome. That's fantastic. What a great idea. Um, we're super excited about it. And it's and I, I will say, caveat, it's not just for Uber readers. If you are a casual reader, if you're a comic book reader, anything, it's just dedicated to readers themselves. So it doesn't matter how you read. It doesn't matter what you read. This podcast is for you. Uh, it's where should again, they go to read, find reading it? glasses uh they can go uh we haven't launched yet so I'm, <laughs> I, I think it's it's gonna uh, all the normal places for for podcasts is on itunes you, sh- you can subscribe there you can find us on twitter reading g podcast on instagram reading glasses podcast um and and th- yeah i, I think it's gonna you. be on itunes <laughs> people can follow you on twitter you have a new twitter handle since we last spoke as well too right yes i know i had to get professional it's terrible Ugh. i I'm, i am now mallory o'mara so okay. the fun's over, guys. So people should just I'm not, follow no me. longer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they could just follow me on, on Instagram and Twitter. You can just follow me and Mallory O'Meara. I'm no longer sexoskeleton. Long, Very sad day. Long live sexoskeleton. So. Long live sexoskeleton. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me all over the internet. Check out the podcast. Uh, if you like this podcast, if you like hearing me babble and be really, really excited about Twin Peaks, you're probably going to be really excited to hear me babble and be excited about books. All right. Excellent. Awesome. I am. I'm excited to hear it too. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Oh, thank you guys. We're super pumped about it. Yeah, thanks again for joining us, Mallory. Thank you guys. That is it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next time for part six. Don't die. Until then, I'm Tom. I'm Ron. <laughs> <laughs>